right, and we're back for the, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, final James Bond film in the Favorite Thing series. Yeah. Uh, we just got back literally about two minutes ago from uh, seeing No Time to Die uh-huh. uh, at a theater. Uh, our first time in an actual theater since December 2019. Yeah. What was the uh, last movie we saw in the theater? Star Wars Episode Nine. All right, there you have it. And so, uh, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> and so we're going to share those with you now. Uh, fair warning, we are going to hit a point in this episode a few minutes from now where we're going to give a spoiler warning, countdown from five, and then go all in on spoilers. But to start with, we're going to give our spoiler-free thoughts um, uh, anything that's not either in the trailer or the opening two minutes of the film, uh, we are not going to go over. So, uh, we're going to briefly go over those and then give a full spoiler warning, have a countdown, do a transition, and we will be all in on the plot of this movie. So, Betsy Burdett, we just walked back through the door. Uh-huh. Without getting into spoilers, what do you think of this movie? I thought it was really good. Um, you know, James Bond movies that you know I've watched them with you for however long, however long we've been watching all of the James Bond movies. All told, about twenty-five weeks. Yeah, so I've uh, I tolerate them. I've been enjoying them, watching them with you. Yeah. Um, because I'm watching them, it's us doing something together. Yeah. But this one, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It was a really good movie. Um, I will tell you my favorite part was not necessarily the movie. It was barely the movie had even started. But right when the first tone of the beginning of the movie, before you saw any characters, I looked up, up at you and you had the biggest smile on your face. Yep. And you were so excited, and that just was, I was like, I don't know, I love that. That might, may have been my favorite part of the whole movie, but the movie itself, it was really good. I um, I fully enjoyed it. I got on the roller coaster of emotions with it, and it was really good. Yeah. I, uh, so, full transparency for anyone listening to this, this is my first time seeing a James Bond film in theaters. Um, and it was worth it. I think it was, it was fantastic. I'm sad I haven't seen one before now, but it was great. Um, uh, spoiler free thoughts. This, this movie is, um, it is somehow the most classical James Bond, uh, film while still staying true to the Daniel Craig, uh, kind of characteristics that have, have been around since Casino Royale. Really, really well-acted movie, well-scored movie. Hans Zimmer's score is just awesome in this movie. Uh, I'll get more into reasons why in spoilers. Um, but this, uh, this movie overall was a great action movie. It was a great James Bond movie. Um, it might be the hype of, of the moment, but it's really good. Um, I will say for seeing the movie on the big screen, I don't think you ever realize how big Daniel Craig's ears and nose are <laughs> until it's on a big screen. And then you're like, whoa. Yes, you did lean over to That me. man's ears are huge. Yeah, I liked when you leaned over to me and said, Daniel Craig's got big ears. <laughs> well, I, I've noticed that he has pronounced ears and and nose before but on the big screen when they're seven foot five each true it, oh, excuse me <laughs> it's just it is awe-inspiring like <laughs> i i was just waiting for q to climb in and hide inside daniel craig's head but anyhow no i i love this this movie um it's it was well worth the wait and and it is one of the first movies to be postponed by the pandemic and uh the 
the title song of the movie, No Time to Die, actually came out before we went into lockdown in 2020. Yeah. Like, I was listening to it last year, and I, the cycle had gone full circle on it where I kind of completely forgot about it, and by the time we got to the movie, it, it kind of worked for me, um, having, having a fresh view. So, yeah. um, we're going to count down here in just a moment from five. You're going to hear a tone, and then we're going to be in full spoiler mode. So, if you have not seen this movie, right off the bat, I'm just going to recommend if you feel comfortable going to a movie theater with whatever restrictions are in place, um, and most of these movie theaters are practicing the best safety standards they can, if you feel safe going to a movie theater to see this film, I highly recommend it, especially if you can see it in a premium format like IMAX or Dolby. Uh, this was really well filmed. It was really well shot. The sound mix in Dolby is excellent. The 4K transfer is amazing. Uh, highly, highly recommended. So, starting right now, this is your warning. If you have not seen this movie and you intend to see this movie without spoilers, I am counting down to full spoilers from five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers are here. still listening that means that you are prepared to be spoiled i can't believe knickknack was in this movie <laughs> i am totally kidding that was a joke knickknack is not in this film they retired that character uh after herve via uh passed away i'm pretty sure um yeah. i I joked with Betsy going in. I was like, man, I really hope Nick Knack's in this movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of where to start. Uh, so, full spoilers are here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the movie. Greatest, biggest plot point. I'm <laughs> saying it now. If you really didn't want to be spoiled, we warned you once. This is your second warning. This is it. I'm telling you, I'm about to spoil the big enchilada of this movie. Okay, um, so uh, this is the last James Bond story. Yeah. Uh, so if Casino Royale was the first James Bond story, then this is the last James Bond story. This is how James Bond dies. Yes. And uh, so... Uh, there are a lot of ways that that could have been done poorly. Um, there are a lot of ways that uh, it could have come off as shallow or half-assed. And I can tell that Daniel Craig, all the other actors um, and workmen and workwomen, writers, put everything they had into this movie. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Um, and it was a fitting farewell to the character of James Bond. Yeah. Um, and someone was joking with me that what if there's never another uh, man playing James Bond? And I said, we got 25 of them. Honestly, if, <laughs> if we got 25 James Bond movies and that's all the man or white man James Bond movies we get, I think that's fine. Yeah. We got plenty of them. And especially after seeing this one, it ends on a really good note. Yeah. So if if they never do another white James Bond story, notwithstanding the other 25 movies plus all the books, video games, and <laughs> it's it's a good way to go. So there's a lot more to it. That's the big plot spoiler. Um, it's the big elephant in the room as, as we talk about it. There are others, yeah. but that is the big one. That was the one I was totally not expecting. I know you read about read up on it and you knew it was coming. Yeah. But I had no idea. And so I kept waiting. I was at the very end like, wait, is this what? What's 
what's happening? Yeah. And so I was like, but by the end I was sitting there bawling. You're, and <laughs> you're waiting. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, because it's James Bond. I'm like, what? You're waiting for the last minute escape. You're waiting for the. Oh, he made it out, and um, I. We were talking about this on the way home. There are rumors, uh, and there are rumors um, that multiple endings for this film were shot. Uh, to the point that they could keep the film ending a secret, it being Daniel Craig's last film. Ultimately, how it ended, as long as it was a solid ending, it didn't really matter whether James Bond died or not. It just, it needed to be an end. In the same way the Casino Royale was the beginning of, of this fine five film arc, and they had hoped for Spectre to be the end of that arc. Mm -hmm. This this needed to be the end of the arc. And the, the biggest thing I'll say for this movie is that it makes Spectre a better movie. It makes Spectre function as more of a setup uh, piece to this movie. Um, the big conflict of this movie being uh, the conflict between... Uh, not Bond and the bad guy, but really Bond's own self in dealing with he loves Madeline Swan after Spectre, and he can't get past that. Uh, the opening of the movie is um, we'll get we'll get into plot point by plot point here in a minute, but just the way their relationship plays out in this movie. I bought their relationship a lot more than I did Inspector. Spectre was a good start for their relationship. Yeah. This made me actually believe in them as a couple. Yeah. And I I have to I have to say I really appreciated what they did with it. There are a ton of fake outs in this movie mm -hmm. um, where they make you think that they're gonna go one way and they go another. Uh, one of the biggest examples is the opening of the movie, uh, when we finally get to the present with with Bond and Madeline, is that they're driving in the in the mountains, and we have all the time in the world from Honor Majesty's Secret Service is playing, and you're like, oh no, they're just gonna do the end of Honor Majesty's and kill her, and then it's gonna be a revenge pick. And the fact that that's not what happens is really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, and it plays really well. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote most of the dialogue for this movie. She is responsible for how women are portrayed in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I gotta be honest, this is the best women have been treated in a James Bond movie yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, I, I was so impressed. I really, 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 really liked this this movie yeah so do you do you have any other spoiler thoughts before we kind of go on a on a plot breakdown um i'm not sure if you have anything as i talk about the plot you just want to hop in yeah because that's just how my brain works i'm like i can't think of it's all right so the beginning of this movie uh, starts uh like a thriller and it's a flashback scene we go back to when madeline is a little girl at home with her alcoholic mom who basically tells her hey your dad's a killer mm -hmm. uh her dad being mr white from uh casino royale and quantum of solace as revealed in the last movie specter um and uh Sappen, the villain of this film played by rami malik shows up to kill madeline and her mom Kills Madeline's mom, chases Madeline out into the ice, um, not before being shot by Madeline, mm -hmm. um, in a scene that she described in Spectre, where she found the 9mm under the sink. Right. I forgot about that. I yep. I forgot about the significance of that. And uh, she falls through the ice as she's running from Saffin, and Saffin punches through the ice to pull her out, and we're in the present day well semi-present day yeah. it present day being right after specter 
uh, Bond and Madeline are together and madly in love. And as they are uh, just racing across Italy, they... All right, cats. We've been home for two minutes. You don't need to fight. Anyhow, and they activated the vacuum cleaner. Nice. Anyhow, uh, they walk through this small Italian town and discover that uh, the the local habit is people are writing secrets on pieces of paper and then lighting them on fire and letting them go. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that night after uh, Bond and Madeline have made love, mm-hmm. um, they're talking to each other and she basically says, hey, you know her grave is right on the outside of town. And she's referring to Vesper. She says, if you don't forgive her, we can never really be together because you're always going to be holding on to the past. And that's right. Uh, if you're always stuck in the past on an old relationship, even one where you were harmed, it is very hard to move forward. Yes. And so, uh, Bond knows that acknowledges yep uh and she says if you go do that when you get back i'll tell you all my secrets and so the next day bond goes to vesper's grave only for it to be blown up and the booby trap for him yep and uh as as he's traveling around he keeps a bad guy pops up uh, a bad guy that I don't have a name for. Um, uh, I'm going to call him... Uh, we're going to call him Uno, just because he only has one eye. Um, as soon as this bad guy popped up... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia to see if this guy has a uh, actually has a name. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up the cast list. Anyhow... This guy has a, he is a gimmicky henchman. Yes. And we haven't had a good gimmicky henchman in a while. Um, I don't count Mr. Hinks from the last one because he just was a big guy. Um, This guy actually having the artificial eye that's weird and and kind of funny. Um, Yeah, my first thought of him when it when it showed him when he took off his sunglasses was, ooh, he's crazy eyes. Okay, so this guy, I was really, actually really close. Okay. What do you think his name is? It's not Uno. Why not? It's Primo. Primo, okay. Primo meaning prime, meaning one. Okay. (laughs) So Primo is the bad guy in this. He is a one-eyed villain. He has an artificial eye. um, And he, uh, as he's confronting Bond after this booby trap, and we get a really awesome action set piece in Italy. He says, oh, this is Vesper, or not Vesper, this is Madeline. She's a she's a daughter of Spectre. Mm-hmm. And as Bond gets back to the hotel room, he's interrogating Madeline. He's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? It was your idea for me to go do this. What? And he jumps in a car with her, while they're racing away, Blofeld's voice is on the other end of the line saying, my love this, my love that. And Bond is furious. And they eventually get cornered and Bond shuts down. Yeah. Like shuts down. And Madeline is screaming at him because they're shooting up the bulletproof glass on the Aston yeah. Martin. And finally she wakes him up enough to engage and he spools the Aston Martin's mini guns up and they blast their way out and eventually they get away from the ambush and they get to a train station and Bond goes alright and she goes this is it isn't it and he goes yep this is it and she asks how will I know that you're okay and he said you won't you'll never see me again and then she goes away on a train and 
then we go into the opening title of yeah. No Time to Die. And... I, I will say through that scene, you have the... Like, her expression her, she's still trying to figure out what's going on. Yes. You know, she has no clue what's going on. Yes. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so this... This movie starts with Bond surviving and breaking up with his girlfriend from the last movie. Um, and right off the bat, that's changing our expectations of what was coming. Almost all of us who are James Bond fans who remember Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and this movie plays with that theme from Honor Majesty's yeah. Secret Service a lot. Um, we're expecting her to be Tracy Bond. She was going to be shot by the bad guys and then it was going to be a revenge thriller and it's not. And for Bond to get through with this and then break up with her and just split, that's different. And then, okay, well, Bond's going to go back to work now. No, Bond stays retired. Yeah. Because even though he's not with her, he doesn't want to be on the job. And that's one thing that's very interesting about this version of Bond is very much like certain versions of the character before where this is all he has done for all his life because it's all he knows how to do. And so he's done. And so we get a really awesome opening sequence, uh, title cards, and it might be some of my favorite uh, opening titles just because it's very different than what we've had in the past bit. For, for title cards for James Bond films. And there's a lot less, even in the opening titles, objectification of women in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, as, as a husband, as a person, and hopefully one day as a father, I, I appreciate that there's significantly less, hey, let's stare at this object yeah. who just happens to be a woman. Um, I I appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm still on the fence about the song itself. No time to die by Billie Eilish. It's good. I don't know if I, it doesn't hit the same as Skyfall. Um, <laughs> I think I, that's just gonna be your all-time favorite. <laughs> I, it might be, but it's it's good. It it certainly fits the movie, and it's well incorporated into the score. Hans Zimmer throughout this movie is just doing great work. Uh, for those who were afraid it might just be uh, the score of Inception again or anything like that, it's not. This movie is a, it might be top 10 Bond scores. It's that good. Um, there are a lot of themes throughout it, including musical themes from previous movies, uh, including Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and just really really good I've, I've taken a break from the plot just to gush over this movie again but <laughs> we were in the car and we were talking about the movie and i was like i've got to save it i've got to save it till we get home to podcast <laughs> um so we get back from our opening scene and immediately we're in a laboratory in london where they're working on viruses we get a cute moment where one of the folks pretends that someone's lunch is uh, a virus yeah um but immediately Spectre breaks in and they steal uh, a virus. But not before Safin, the villain of the film, uh, calls and says, hey, they're gonna come and do this. I want you to follow these instructions. Uh, this kind of spineless worm, his name is, uh, let's see here, Valdo Obrachev. Um, he's kind of the spineless scientist bad guy for this movie. Yeah. Um, but he follows the bad guy's instructions. They break out. There's a really cool scene where they open an elevator shaft, throw a bunch of uh, what look like grenades down it, and then as they put on these harnesses, it's like, what, no rope? No rope? And then they throw them down the elevator shaft, and it's magnetized. And yeah. so it slows the descent so that when you get to the bottom, uh, you're, you're fine. You don't need a rope. Yeah. And that was really cool. It was really cool bond tech. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so as uh, as all this is going down, uh, we we find out that M knows something about what's going on. He seems very flustered and embarrassed. 
we move over to uh, Jamaica where Bond has been making his home in retirement. And this is where I went to the bathroom. Uh, and so I missed uh, the introduction of Felix Leiter. So let me see if I can remember how it went. Um, he, so he's walking, he walks into his little hut. As he's walking up the rail, he sees a pile of ashes on the, the planks of the wood, the walk. And he's like looking at it and trying to figure out what, what's going on here, what is this? Then he walks into his, his hut and there's like a quarter of a cigar uh-huh. just sitting there. Nobody's there. Mm-hmm. So then he takes, takes a shower and then leaves for town and all of a sudden there's a car following him. So he starts driving crazy through this town while other cars are trying to figure out what's going on. And all of a sudden he cut, cuts him off and... It's Felix and this other guy. Okay, so this other guy is Logan Ash, played by Billy Magnuson, who is great in this movie. Uh, almost everything else you've seen Billy Magnuson in, he's kind of a goofball or kind of a, a, a just a crazy guy. In this, he is a really, really, really good character um, and a, a great secondary henchman. Uh, I, I couldn't believe how good he was in this movie. Uh -huh. uh, you can tell from the get-go that he is going to double-cross Felix, um, but you kind of feel bad when it happens. Yes. Um, but uh, basically, uh, Fox and Leiter are there to entice Bond into helping capture this, this sniveling scientist. Uh, back from Spectre. Yeah. Um, shortly after this, uh, Bond leaves the bar uh, and is approached by the new 007, played by Lashana Lynch, and her character's name Nomi. is Nomi. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it's Nomi. N-O-M-I. And uh, she's phenomenal. Uh, Lashana Lynch is, is fantastic in this role. She is more professional than James Bond is, mm -hmm. but she is just as good at her job. Yes. And I I would totally watch a a Nomi 007 movie after this one. Yes. Um but this it she comes up to Bond and basically says, "Hey, I'm going after this guy. You don't touch him. Uh the Americans want him. They can't have him." And Bond says, hey, uh, maybe us not talking to other agencies is what got us into this mess. Yeah. And uh, and tells her whatever. So he reapproaches Felix and Fox and says, you know what? You got a deal. We're going to do this thing. <laughs> and so uh, Bond heads off for Cuba to catch the agent. And so off to Cuba we go. And... Uh, I'm going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will talk about Bond's adventures in Cuba. And we're back. And so Bond arrives in Cuba and is immediately greeted by Agent, and I'm looking for her name, uh, it's Anna de Armas, uh, who you will recognize from uh, *Knives Out*. Uh, she was the housekeeper um, in *Knives Out*. She was the one who was accused of murdering the the rich guy. I'm trying to remember what *Knives Out*. *Knives Out* is the family of rich people, and she's the she's the she's the Hispanic housekeeper and. Yeah, when they're like the clue kind of movie. Yes, with gotcha. Daniel Craig. With Daniel Craig. Yes. Right, right, right. Okay, I remember that one. Sorry, it took me a minute. Well, we can watch it again tomorrow. It's a really <laughs> good movie. Um, but anyhow, she is Paloma. Uh, she's a CIA agent assisting Bond. And she was spectacular in this movie. <laughs> yes. She is only in the movie for about 15, 20 minutes. And she is fantastic. So she shows up and she's she's dressed up like a sex bomb. And she's she's there, and she's in this low-cut dress, and and 
and she's like, oh, come with me, and ushers Bond yeah. into her room, and it's like, oh, he's going to jump into bed with her. No, she's like, no, you need to get dressed, and yeah. hands him a tux, uh, and he goes, have you been doing this a while? She's like, for three weeks. I had three weeks of training. And you're like, oh, crap, this girl's about to die. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so they go into... They go into the situation where they come to find out that they're in a Spectre party. It is just covered up in Spectre agents. And over speakers, they hear Blofeld's voice talking. And as Bond moves throughout the crowd, uh, all of a sudden, the voice starts saying, oh, and we want to talk to our special guest of honor. And Bond basically gets ushered to the center of the room with a spotlight. Yeah. James Bond and right about this point a sniveling scientist guy has been working on something with this weapon and misters open up in the room and then all of a sudden everyone in the room starts dying except James Um, and he was the only one that was supposed to die yes so we find out that sniveling scientist guy has altered the plan for whatever reason anyhow uh With the few remaining Spectre agents that are around, uh, Bond goes after Sniveling Scientist Guy with Paloma. All the while, 007 uh, Nomi is trying to get him as well. And it's a cat and mouse game between these two sets of agents, the CIA and uh, MI6. And they're trying to get this guy. And it's it's kind of got a feel of anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. But in action, uh, action mode scene, and it's really, really good. The action was really well shot in this movie. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Um, and all through it, uh, Paloma is just kicking butt and taking names. And, I'm trying to figure out how her dress was staying on the whole time. Uh, and and I told you on the way home, yeah. it's it's an old dancer's trick. Yeah. It's it's pasties stuck sewn into the the dress to where literally it would have to be ripped off of her because it's basically glued on yeah and it it will show as much as she wants to show but no more and and that's the idea but it's um it's something my grandfather pointed out to me about uh magician's assistants he's like the reason they're typically scantily clad is it distracts you from watching the magician and that's that's paloma's whole role and even then it's distracting agents so while she's fighting and doing yeah. whirling kicks and and gun fighting and all sorts of stuff it again just a really fun character who literally comes in to do this mission and then she's gone yeah, for the rest of the movie never hear her mentioned again and again in this hypothetical Nomi 007 uh, franchise that I would love to see, her as a sidekick character, I would be on board. Yeah. I would be on board for the two of these women just globetrotting, taking people out. Yes. Um, that sounds infinitely more interesting to me than the trailer before this movie, which looked like generic girl action movie. What was it, the 533 or something, something like that? Yeah, 355, I think. It it looked so generic. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I, I don't want to judge a book by its color cover, but it looked like... It looks like Paint by Numbers movie. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's amazing. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, back to the movie. Uh, Bond eventually gets Sniveling Scientist Guy out, gets him to the boat with Felix and Fox, and we find out immediately the way that this guy keeps looking at Fox that Fox is a bad guy. And so a fight ensues. Felix is shot. And, uh, Fox and the sniveling scientist guy get away. And to make sure that he's killed James and Felix, he blows up the boat. And Felix died. And so, full transparency, I got a plot breakdown of this movie before the movie came out. And even knowing that Felix was going to die, this is the point in the movie that I actually, like, choked up and teared up. Yeah. Because, one, I... I adore the character of Felix Leiter. He's James Bond's best friend, and that was an emotional gut punch. Yeah. Um, and 
also, I just really, really, really like Jeffrey Wright. Uh, he's the Watcher in What If. He's on Westworld. He's uh, he's actually Batman on the uh, Batman audio podcast right now from HBO Max. And it really hit me. I was like, I'm not going to get to see Jeffrey Wright as, as Felix Leiter anymore. And that just, that crushed me. Yeah. Bond gets away, gets back to Britain, and uh, goes into MI6 and starts doing what any good James Bond movie is, and it's a detective story. And so now he's got to figure out what's going on. What is the super weapon? Why, why was he spared? What happened um and as he gets back uh all all signs point to blofeld being the magic piece so as he travels back to mi6 he goes into mi6 and for most of this movie uh bond isn't a double o agent yeah he is james bond and he is he is there for honestly closure and as he goes in, he's. They find out that the super weapon is uh, basically a DNA encoded virus, and it's very. I, I mentioned to Betsy during the movie. It's very interesting to me that this movie was made, ready to release in March 2020. <laughs> I think it's well, a good thing that they postponed it. <laughs> yeah, um, and. It's, it's about a virus that, if unleashed on the world, will kill hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. And uh, that hits differently in yes. 2021. Um, in October 2021, that just hits very differently. But ultimately, the, it was something that pre-2020, who would have thought? Yeah. It's, it's like writing a movie about terrorists before September 11th, 2001. Yeah. It's, who knew? Yeah. Things are different after the, after the fact. Yes. So, uh, I'm glad they didn't scrap the plot because the plot actually, it has some context for, yeah. for the rest of the movie and it, it works as a plot device. Do I think it's the best plot device? No, no, it's not the most grounded, but... It works really well for this movie, and it gives stakes. And we'll talk more about that as we move on. But part number two of what they're trying to figure out is why did Bond survive? And so Bond and 00, the new 007, Nomi, have a really good back and forth. They're kind of sniping at each other. Um, again, a lot of uh, that anything you can do, I can do better, just yeah. back and forth between them. The snide comments, the... The hunting down bad guys and uh, Lashana Lynch carries her own in yeah. each and every one of those scenes. And again, I cannot praise the writing of Phoebe Waller-Bridge enough in this. There is really, really, really great dialogue for everyone. Um, this movie makes uh, Mallory uh, M a more three-dimensional character. He is very, very flawed in this movie, very much how Judy Dench was in Skyfall. Um, it's his fault that the virus, A, exists, but B, got out. Yeah. And he has to carry the weight of that throughout this film. Um, Bond finds out that Blofeld is under lock and key. He's only seen by a psychiatrist. Finds out that a psychiatrist is Madeline Swan. <laughs> We follow Madeline Swan into her, uh, into her, for lack of a better term, office, um, where she meets her visitor, who is Safin, mm -hmm. who reveals himself as the attacker who came after her when she was a child. Tells her, "Yeah, I know exactly who you are, and uh, yeah, you're gonna take this and you're gonna wear it and you're gonna touch uh, Blofeld." Uh, or I'm going to hurt the person who matters the most to you. And so Bond it has arranged to meet Blofeld with Swan. Uh, they both arrive, and he's kind of speechless when he sees her. He hasn't seen her in five years. He, he puts on his armor uh, as soon as she comes up. He's like, Dr. Swan, 
and she's just she wears it right on her face yeah and they walk into the room and Blofeld starts to be carted in and Madeline asks to be let out and Bond grabs her wrist where she has sprayed the agent that is supposed to touch Blofeld and she she takes off um Bond interrogates Blofeld and Blofeld is very Hannibal Lecter in this Mm -hmm. movie and eventually he pushes Bond too far and he Bond leans in close and whispers die and then grabs him by the throat to the point that Tanner has to come in and pull Bond off of him and as they're arguing about it they look over and Blofeld's dead the virus has has killed him yeah and so uh, before I get back into the plot, this is actually an Easter egg uh, for fans of the James Bond novels. So in the James Bond novels, there's what's called the Spectre Trilogy. Uh, and that's Thunderball, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and You Only Live Twice. Uh, in Thunderball, Bond learns of Spectre, learns... Uh, uh, that there's a bad guy behind it all. It's it's your Star Wars. You you learn what the threat is. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Just the the movie version you got is probably the closest thing to a straight up ad- adaptation. Bond falls in love with Tracy. Goes infiltrates Blofeld's manor. Stops Blofeld. Marries Tracy. Blofeld and Irma Bunt get their revenge kill Tracy the last book is the end of it is he tracks Blofeld and Irma Bunt down to an island fortress with a poison garden that will be important at the end of this movie and strangles Blofeld with his bare hands nice Uh, and so that is how Blofeld meets his end in the novels um and it was it was a neat little send up, even though it's not Bond that strangled him. It was right. the virus. It's it's a straight up send up yeah. of that moment. Because of the action of starting to strangle him, but then he let go. It, yeah. It put the virus on him. So, uh, Bond gets with Q, discovers the the nature of the agent that it's on his hand. It's like, hey, this is always on you. You can't get it off. It's basically coded. If it's coded to whoever it'll it'll kill him mm-hmm. um if it's not coded to him it's harmless yeah and so uh bond pursues madeline back to where he knows she'll be and is talking with her and basically confesses to her i i'm sorry i blofeld told me that it was all him and I'm, I am sorry. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't trust you. I wanted to trust you, but I didn't trust you. And confesses his love for her. And it's this really beautiful moment of this character that in all 24 movies before now, I don't know that he's ever told anyone besides Tracy Bond and Honor Majesty's Secret Service and maybe Vesper, I love you. Yeah. And these are the only women who were women to James Bond. Yeah. And so for him to have this moment as a character is legitimate character growth and actual caring. And right as they're starting to kiss, a rustling comes from the top of the stairs and it's a little girl. Yeah. A little five-year-old girl. Four and a half. And uh, and Madeline very right up front says, she's not yours. She's not yours. And everyone, the audience included, they know it's his. Know that it's James Bond's daughter. Yes. The movie doesn't treat it like a shock later when it's reinforced. Yeah, this is James Bond's daughter. Yeah. The way I viewed the scene where she said, she's not yours, 
was Madeline taking a protective barrier and placing it in front of that child mm -hmm. because she'd been hurt by James and she wasn't going to allow this girl to be hurt by James. Yeah. And the way James reacts to that is, is not, oh, thank God it's not my child or, oh, really? Who then? It's more, I understand I'm not going to cross this barrier you've put up. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. But you know that he knows. Yes. But right, right off the bat, uh, Bond is trying to track, track down Billy Magnuson's character, Fox. Uh, 007 uh, Nomi is on his trail, and the trail looks to be leading to Bond, which means that they are tracking Bond. And so, all of a sudden, Madeline and Bond and the little girl, whose name is Matilda, uh, go on the run. And we get a really awesome chase uh, through the woods and fog and really great action scene. Uh, Bond hands his gun over to Madeline. And something I have to say through this whole movie, Madeline is awesome. She is so far from being a damsel in distress yeah. all through this movie. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. Uh, when a bad guy comes through and threatens her, if she's got a gun, she shoots him. Yeah. Um, and so we get through this really awesome chase scene. Uh, Bond splits up from Madeline and Matilda. And uh, Billy Magnuson tries to run him down in a car, and Bond shoots, at, shoots out the wheel of it. It flips over, and it's kind of held up by a tree trunk. And the cars, yeah. And Billy Magnuson's just kind of bleeding in the dirt, and he goes, "Bond, you can't win." He's like, "You, we should be friends." And Bond looks him dead in the eye, and he's like, "We're like he, brothers." Yeah, and and the minute he pulls the trigger on the gun and it clicks and he throws it away, I went, "Oh, it's on." And I thought back to For Your Eyes Only, and uh, if you don't remember what Bond does with a car in that movie, go back and watch For Your Eyes Only. Uh, it's a good one. It's got to pull. Um, <laughs> Bond goes, I had a friend, or I had a brother. His name was Felix Leiter. And then kicks the truck, and it rolls so violently. <laughs> and you don't see the impact, but you know. You know it's there. He did. Yep. And, uh, we move on from this, and uh, Madeline and Matilda are taken by Saffin, who comes in in a helicopter. And they are kidnapped to a faraway island. And we will get to that in the climax momentarily. the climax uh also known as the last 45 minutes of this film so did i tell you that this movie was two hours and 43 minutes long it is um and it needed every minute of it oh yeah so bond and uh and 007 nomi are going to go after matilda and madeline um saffin has taken them to an island of poison flowers. Yep. Uh, and it is it is straight up Blofeld's lair from the novel uh, You Only Live Twice. Mm -hmm. And excuse me. Um, it's a former apparently missile site. They're weaponizing the uh, the DNA uh, weapon and. Safin, Safin is a classic Bond villain. He's something we really haven't had in in the Daniel Craig movies, mm -hmm. and he is a straight up insane. I'm gonna destroy half the world villain. Yeah. 
and it works. <laughs> Rami Malik is really good as an unsettling, crazy man. And uh, I think that might be because Rami Malik is an unsettling, crazy man. You can literally watch Rami Malik just talking, and I'm pretty sure he is stoned out of his mind. But he is crazy. Uh-huh. He is someone I would not want to run into in a dark alley. And I can handle myself. I am scared of meeting Rami Malik. <laughs> he is weird. Uh-huh. Um, anyhow. Uh, so, he, he has Madeline and he is infatuated with her uh, from when she was a child, which is icky. Yeah. Um, but he threatens Matilda to get Madeline to hang around and sends her to basically drink poison. Mm-hmm. And Bond and Nomi infiltrate. Uh, they are able to get a hold of sniveling uh, evil scientists. Uh, and we get a really awesome multi-plane action scene throughout uh, this villain's lair that feels very classic villain's lair. Yeah, from... when, they, when they first entered it, I had vibes. I can't remember which Bond movie it was, but when they were all on ships and stuff, and, and they go there on the airplane, and they go under the water and come up into there and get out of this little airplane, I'm like, I feel airplane like... Airplane submarine? Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I've seen seen this part yeah. before. <laughs> and we've, we've talked a lot about the Daniel Craig movies, especially Skyfall Spectre and this one being a greatest hits album. Yeah. Um, this one is the one that might pull it off the best. Skyfall yeah. is really close. This one and Skyfall, in, in my mind, are, are very close in estimation to quality. I know for some people it won't even be close, but really, 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 really good. Um, Awesome action set pieces, great cinematography. Towards the end, uh, all of this gets jumbled up. Basically, uh, evil sniveling scientist gets killed. Um, Madeline and Matilda are able to be rescued and get away with 007. Uh, well, Nomi, because for this mission, James has been given back the designation of 007. Yes. Um, at Nomi's request. At Nomi's request. And so Bond stays behind to make sure that everything is uh, locked down. The whole place can be taken out. And we get a really John Wick-esque action set piece with him fighting up a stairwell. And it's incredibly well filmed. It might be the best film gunfight in a James Bond film. Uh-huh. Um Eventually gets to the top, opens up the missile bay door so that all of the virus can be wiped out. Um, The doors start to shut, so he goes back up. And, uh, oh, in the meantime, Primo uh, gets killed horribly uh, by getting his eye exploded. (laughs) Yeah, what was it, a magnet or something? A magnet in in James's watch. Yeah, it makes the the, the glass eye explode. Yeah. It was the most gruesome yet. I don't know that it was gruesome, but it's <laughs> it was it's weird. it's great when he he gets to do the one liner. I love this movie for the sake of Daniel Craig, who has such a great sense of humor. Uh-huh. Getting to do the one liner is like I needed to show someone my watch. It really blew their mind. Yes, that was awesome. Um, uh-huh. but uh, there's a final showdown between Safin and Bond, where Safin. Um, poisons Bond with a vial to where if he ever touches Madeline or Matilda, they will die. Yeah. And uh, he's also been shot. And point. he's also been shot multiple times. Yeah. And Bond makes sure everything's opened up. Cruise missiles are on their way to blow up the virus. And he has a tearful farewell with uh, Madeline uh, over the radio, over the radio. Huh. and I was bawling and his his words to her it's okay it's alright you guys have all the time in the world yeah and and the bombs come in and Bond dies well Madeline and Madeline says 
She really does have your eyes. She really does have your eyes. And he his says, final words were, I know. I know. She really does. And, and so, Bond dies. The island's wiped out. The world is saved. There's a quiet memorial service at MI6 where they toast James Bond over a glass of, of whiskey. And in the meantime, the opening strings of We Have All the Time in the World play as Madeline and Matilda drive the countryside. And in James's car. And James's uh, Aston Martin. And just, she says, let me tell you a story about a man, a man named Bond, James Bond. And then Louis Armstrong's We Have All the Time in the World comes in and plays over the end credits. I'm getting teary eyed again just thinking about it. Whew. And that's the end of the movie. Um, and it was done so well. It was done extremely well. And so, yes, this is an action movie. I, I went a lot faster than the movie did because it is intense. My heart, I, <laughs> I, I had way too much caffeine today, so my heart was just palpitating all through the through that movie and it was really really good and uh it was awesome i didn't even talk about the fact that we get multiple aston martins in this movie we get the classic db5 we get the aston martin from uh 1987's the living daylights we get the newest aston martin like concept car and uh this movie was James Bond 101. What makes James Bond great? And somehow manages to plant the classic elements of James Bond and bring in new elements that make it better. And so this... This is kind of tied with Skyfall for me. I don't know which one I like better. Um, I think I like Casino as a movie slightly better than them mm -hmm. but only just and as a five movie picture package it's a really great series if yeah. if these five movies is all james bond is to you enjoy that yeah. enjoy that that is a great beginning middle and end story for james bond yeah it was really good yeah even i really enjoyed it and that that says a lot i think yeah I am uh, I am very pleased with this movie, um, and with that said, uh, that wraps up our James Bond series. Uh, they're not gonna start casting the new James Bond uh, or 007, however they yeah. handle it, until next year. So the earliest I expect to hear about a new James Bond is probably this time next year. Yeah, we'll see what they do with that. What they'll call it, what they'll name it, if there'll be no meat 007 or... Or if it'll be James Bond. And James Bond. I gotta be honest, whatever they do, a new nationality, or a new ethnicity James Bond, a new sex 007, a yeah. new... Whatever they want to do, if they make a movie as enjoyable as this one, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and I had a great time. This was somehow more intimate, um... Whereas Mission Impossible seems to get grander in scale, this seemed to get smaller in scale, but still had big action. And yeah. I really, really liked that. Um, yeah. So, uh, for those of you wondering what comes next for us, we're going to do a short uh, few episodes, whether it's one or two episodes or a full trilogy. We're going to do Ghostbusters 1, 2, and <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, we are also going to be doing the Sony Spider-Man films. That is Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, the editor's cut. Uh, and we will be doing Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, <laughs> leading into Spider-Man No Way Home. So for those of you listening, that is eight Spider-Man film, three Ghostbusters films, and that is going to finish out the year for us. I'm not sure how we're going to break down that in episodes. We'll figure it out. But that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of the year. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you so much for letting us take an extended break to deal with mental health and just generally deal with stuff in our lives. It's been great. We appreciate all the support from listeners. 
Um, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you uh, enjoy getting out and enjoying your favorite things. And we will see you around. Bye.